0: Somewhere over these hills and ravines, a gang of weary travelers are out hunting for me. I fuck with all their daughters, I fuck with all their sons, I curse their God and deny all their precious kingdoms come, I wallow with shit hills and
1: the heat. Hey, alright, this is Tim Crisp and you're listening to Road to the Skeleton Coast Brandon Kelly. Brandon, what's going on, Bubba? How are you? You know, man, um, do you ever get the
0: feeling in these times of COVID, times of plague, hmm. times of quarantine, uh-huh. they're just living the same day over and over and over again?
1: Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I get that feeling. Is right now one of those times? <laughs> right now is one of those times. Amazing yeah. how that works. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it's amazing how it works. Um
0: it um so we did this before and then at the very end of it, I don't know what happened, but my uh recording of this entire podcast completely flatlined and so it was unrecoverable. I mean, at least to my dumbass. <laughs> and so therefore we're going to be talking about all this stuff again, and the best part is we got all the way to the end, and we talked about every single thing, and there's a lot of like great surprises, mm-hmm. and um, now they're not going to be cool surprises anymore. Now you know.
1: Yes, but thing is, that entire second part that we recorded, I was on mescaline, so mm. I, I don't really recall anything that was said. Oh, well, that's cool. It's like, um,
0: uh, what was his name? <clears throat> Shit, Wildcat. No, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely. You like Cash, but um, I was thinking, um, what's his fucking name? Lou Diamond Phillips and Young Guns. Oh yeah, you know, all into
1: the mask.
0: Hmm. What was his fucking name though? That's gonna drive me crazy. Uh oh. Uh good. It's it's really nice to go into a podcast to talk extensively about something when like now there's like it's like it your computer in like nineteen ninety six and you're like, I'll just download this naked picture of Cindy Crawford and then it's like takes like fifty percent of the energy <laughs> of the whole device to do that.
1: <laughs> hmm
0: That's what's
1: my in my brain right now. Um <laughs> Well, while Brendan's working on that, yeah, we do uh, apologize for last week. Though, we, it's not like we left them all in the lurches, Brendan. We gave some quality, quality programming for the first half of Keep Walking, Pal. Some stories at the top, too, about Atlas and more. Yeah, testicles, um... Mm-hmm.
0: Derek Grant being in the Misfits. I mean, you know, I listened back to that, and I was like, damn, this is like a lot of good stories in, in this one. You and me, baby. It's like none we of the, get
1: together. Mm.
0: None of them my stories. Probably
1: all of them told completely wrong, but... Hey, that's how it goes sometimes. Hey, uh, we're uh, thankful for you all for joining us this week. We're going to finish up with Keep Walking, Pal. Next week, we're going to talk about Left and Leaving by the weaker Thans. And at the end of today's episode, we're going to let all of you know what's going on our Patreon poll for what we're going to be talking about two weeks from now. Oh, yeah. So let's pick up then, Brendan, where we left off again. Yeah. (laughs) So Black Cat Boy follows up. The lies the lies has a very cool sort of vagacy feel just walking up to the craps table or at least like the craps table on the riverboat casino in Peoria, something mm-hmm. along those lines
0: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, um this is one of my favorites on the record, actually, this is one of my favorite songs like lyrically i've uh ever written, and um I believe I told you last week when we did this that uh, it is named after my hat. Um, Somebody called me a black cat boy wearing this hat, and I was like, damn, that's cool. I'm going to write a song called Black Cat
1: Boy. And that was all all it took. One patch on the side of my hat. because it does look like the black cat fireworks, and people... At home, will probably reckon, will know just off the top of their heads what hat you're talking about because it's been part of your Bart Simpson uniform for the past few years.
0: Yeah, true. It's um, I definitely do this. I go back and forth in my um, uh, haberdashery uh, between my yellow Curious George looking hat and this hat, um, pretty much exclusively. And do you know why that is? Why? Tim, it's because my head is so big. And there's almost never a hat that's big enough for me. Uh-huh. I have a bigger head than anyone I've ever met. And um the if the hat is not like ridiculously oversized, it looks like a tiny little child's hat on my head. <laughs> so when I find a hat that's like that actually fits me, I stick with it.
1: So, do you know what size you are in like a like a fitted hat? Yeah, like an eight. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's so big. I know, man.
0: Um, i such but... a pointless and shit, like... <sighs> man, there's a lot of things I'm kind of resisting saying here, but like, uh, it's like, yeah, of all the things that I had to be like extra endowed with, it's head circumference. Cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> all that means is it's hard to
1: buy hats. <laughs> Yeah, I, I did always wonder, like, why I feel like the Jacob's Cave hat is just attached to you, and it has been for so many years now. And I've, always I've had to... three of those. Oh, for real? Mm-hmm. Where'd you get the first one? Jacob's Cave. Where is Jacob's Cave? I don't know J- anything Jacob's about Cave
0: it. is in uh, Gravelers Mills, Missouri. Um, mm-hmm. It is the closest commercial cave to my mom's. Residents. Um, uh-huh. and so we go out there and we on particularly on really hot days when mm-hmm. we visit my parents, we'll take the kids to Jacob's cave because it's always 60 degrees in the cave. Well, and it's like, um, the, the tour guide, her name is Shacola. Uh huh.
1: Um,
0: I don't, it, it, it bears mentioning Shikola is a white lady, um, which I think just is kind of an unexpected <laughs> twist on the whole uh. thing. Um, <laughs> uh, perfectly beautiful name for a mm-hmm. girl or a boy of mm-hmm. any race. Um, but, <laughs> you know, uh, and she's like essentially like a, got a like, She does not have a master's degree in geology, right? Um, Uh But she knows everything that there is to know about geology. She may as well. But Mm. she's still like – my mom's like, oh, you know, is this your first time in the cave? My mom's like, no, I mean, you know, I've been coming here. Like my my grandparents, you know, lived around here and I've been coming to this cave since I was the age of these kids. Mm -hmm. Oh, was you? (laughs) And it's like damn And then she she goes through like The whole like Different sort of like Kinds of limestone and like how that Like affects the stalactites and shit like that And it's just like Damn this is a lady that knows everything It's kind of the coolest Shit right like if you Can know everything about A certain thing Mm -hmm. Without being like Bogged down and being like some sort of like Fart sniffing scholastic
1: dildo you know so uh-huh anyway, you're not making get... fun of my new glasses are you that's not with this no they they <laughs>
0: I, I thought this was just a filter they look exactly like the uh, instagram filter for glasses <laughs> that's what i was going for well they're beautiful thank you uh, um but uh so i like the cave i like the idea i like i just like Embracing like those sort of hillbilly roots, like this late on after like spending so long kind of denying it, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and trying to be like, no, I'm from Chicago, I'm a city boy, and it's like I am, yeah. but there's a lot going on in me that cannot be explained by a city, and you know, you got to go to, I think Italy and Missouri to really see what's going on, uh <laughs> and so, which mostly means I just eat disgusting food, I guess. Uh, <laughs> You know. Um, but uh so I bought the first hat just because it was like huge. Mm-hmm. And then next time we went back I bought all the rest of the ones that they had. <laughs> of the yellow one.
1: Uh I'd like to give a shout out to Jacobscave dot com. I don't know if you've visited Brendan, but it is a fantastic website that was designed in probably the year nineteen ninety eight. Is uh Chicola on there? I haven't perused uh, that deeply, because obviously I'm trying to devote as much attention to you as possible. Thanks, uh, buddy. Yeah, no problem. So, Black Cat Boy um, is a different hat. We don't need to go into the uh, the history of the Black Cat um, hat, especially because we heard it... Well, I heard it last week. And... Yeah, it's not that interesting, <laughs> but... Uh, um. Yeah, I, I really like
0: this song. I think that the the imagery in it's really evocative. I, I kind of love the like, almost like Chaucerian like sort of take on like quality of it, where mm. it's just like, or even like, even like Conan the Barbarian or something like that. Like sort of that like it's just like, hell yeah! I'm just like wandering through the open countryside, and there's definitely people hunting me, and when they find me. I'm fucked, but for now I really don't give a fuck, man. And you know, you know why they're hunting me? Because I fucking totally partied in their fucking little village and <laughs> ruined all their children, you know. Fucked fucked all the daughters, fucked all the sons. Uh <laughs> you know, cursed their god. Uh.
1: I I bullshitted a college paper on the Canterbury Tales uh, by just citing, oh, yeah, when three men find a pot of gold and kill each other in the name of greed, some people are poison. Poison. The rancid song, Poison, that starts with, like Chaucer's Canterbury Tales. So I was like, oh, yeah, cool. Just lift that one. From the minute and six second Rancid song, and just doing what's that off Rancid Rancid 2000? Yeah. Oh,
0: cool. Yeah, I never really got into that record. Really? Um, Not that it's not good. I don't know. I just, I literally think I've never heard it. Damn. I think I kind of do a thing with a lot of bands where like I'll hear a big record
1: and then I'm like, it's all I need, man. I'm kind of the same way. If I hear the one, uh, I can stick with the one for a long time and maybe not come around to the other ones. Like, it took me years to hear, like, all of the Jawbreaker records because I would go, like, one at a time for years at a time. Right. And, I mean, I guess the world did turn a little bit Mm -hmm. over the course
0: of all this stuff. But, like, um, for me, yeah, I heard Out Come the Wolves. And then I was like, all right, I got my rancid. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, actually, um, left and leaving is sort of the same thing for me. Oh, well, cool. um, yeah. Yeah. Like I heard left and leaving. I was like, this is perfect. I like, I get it. There's like a fucking ashtray and there's fucking cat in the mirror and it's fucking cracks on the marble of the floor. And, you know, you're drunk. There's a towel uh-huh. hanging over the fucking clothes hanger that you're, Girlfriend that's gone put her dress on or took it, her dress off before she walked out the door or whatever you know like it's just like uh-huh. I, I, I got plenty of that, um, but uh, Rancid two thousand recommended. Anyway,
1: yeah, no, I'll check it out. I mean, I've never even really fucked with Life Won't Wait. You know, Life Won't Wait's kind of just okay, my opinion. Rancid two thousand, mm-hmm. Rancid two thousand is a little long. Plus, Matt Freeman sings on some songs, which is like. Ugh. We don't need that well you know what like
0: man we're getting fucking wildly off track here but i don't mind because it's fucking i i like this kind of thing but you know what is one of my favorite favorite rancid songs hmm. is and, and like i'm not trying to be a fucking like old guy because i think i think outcome the wolves is the best rancid album mm-hmm. but the first seven inch they did the first song called i'm not the only one oh yeah and it's got this like fucking weird like heavy metal sludgy intro which is mm. i'd say i would say it's a misstep if it wasn't for the fact that it makes when it kicks in so awesome and like that like Breakdown in there where it's just it, it, Matt Freeman sings the chorus, which is why I bring this up mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. song is not available on Spotify Or anything like that, you can only Like like stream it on YouTube at this point Yeah and um, But when it gets into that breakdown, it's like I'm not the only one You motherfucker <laughs> and It's like I, I mean, at the time I heard that, I was like Sixteen maybe 17 i don't know um my timelines are obviously bad but i was like that's a fucking revelation and a half like you don't have to pump towards a crescendo Mm -hmm. you can you motherfucker i mean it's just like that's like how that's how he like that's the volume that it is you Mm -hmm. know and we did that uh in the breakdown of broken down by slapstick
1: hmm.
0: i would I would do that every time, oh, like as soon as we heard that, I was like, "Oh my God i'm just <laughs> stealing that just shamelessly, exact words, exact cadence, whatever
1: hey uh, so anyway I'm I was re- fucking.
0: I, go ahead, I was fucking all the daughters and the sons, <laughs> and now there's a band of weary travelers haunting for me. Um, one of the things I think is really cool about this song is that, uh, Nick's backing vocals are so bizarre. I mean, the entire sound of the song is like, this is one that's always a surprise to people when I play live, because the acoustic version of this is really kind of sad sounding. Mm -hmm. It's exactly the same. The chords are all the same. The tempo is the same i don't like sing it any differently but it's just something about the stripped down version that makes it um extraordinarily more of a sort of somber reflection of things yeah as opposed to this like joyful pissing in the face of like having like completely infuriated people you know and um and a lot of that has to do with, like, Nick's wild, wacky instrumentation on mm-hmm. this song, and a lot of it has to do with the um, the backing vocals, which, I mean, you know, when I say, like, you know, he, he's like, ha, ha, ha! Yeah. woo, <laughs> no, 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 like, it's just, like, all this, like, goofy-ass shit. And, uh, you know, Nick has said that he, when he does these backing vocals, he has to, like, because he's very shy, Nick is He doesn't like to sing Even though he's got a great voice And he like closes his eyes And like rocks back and forth Like he's like a backup singer For like the Four Tops Or some shit like that uh-huh. And that's the way he like Sort of channels the ideas That that he does during these songs And I think nowhere is it I mean this is almost like operatic In the way that he is like Elevated it With these fucking weird ass backing vocals um mm-hmm. where it becomes kind of a conversation even. Um, it totally
1: feels like he comes in early with those backing vocals in like the second verse, and then it's almost like he's improving because he's just like in there and the songs playing through. Yeah,
0: I don't think he's almost improving. I think that uh he's very much a hundred percent. I would be very very shocked as we talked about last week like the when nick and chris and i started first playing music one of the huge things we do would be just like play improvisationally and then um i would go and i'd sing the lead vocals without having written anything down and we're talking about 22 minute songs here Mm -hmm. you know and and then nick and chris would go in and sing the backing vocals uh to what I had just sung, mm-hmm. without knowing what they were, mm-hmm. really, yeah, you know. So it's very much in the wheelhouse of the way we like. Sort of, I don't know. It was like a weird drug and guitar boot camp that we put ourselves through. Yeah, you know, when we when we were like preteens. Mm-hmm. I think about it now. I think it's like my son is twelve, and I think about him like pulling bongs and using a four track. (laughs) And I'm like, there's no way, (laughs) you know, there's just no way. But I don't know. What do I know? I'm, I'm a parent. I'm the last to know.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: (laughs) But yeah. So another thing I like about this is the, in in the second verse, the whole like thing about like when they catch me, I know they'll flay me of my skin, Mm -hmm. hang me by the neck and then beat me once again is First of all, it's very dark, but it's also it sounds fun. Yeah, you know, like uh, it, it it feels like, y'all yeah, give a fuck about this? Go ahead, mm-hmm. do whatever you got to do. Because once my spirit gets free, I go back to where I've been, and then and then Nick comes in with that fucking back to where I've been, back to where I've been. <laughs> and It's like so fucking bizarre. <laughs> That would be the vibe that he would be like, Oh, I know exactly what's happening here. But I did tell him to do the exact opposite of what he thought I wanted. hmm So it's like at the saddest point of the song, make it hilarious. Yeah. <laughs>
1: you know? And uh Well, it totally makes sense that this is like such a such a bummer when you play it by yourself with just like the content and removing all of Nick's stuff in here it does it's just like a like a traveler's ballad
0: yeah and you know the thing is i don't think it's a bummer i just think it's a very very different song Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense like it's um it's got a lot more of like a smooth like rambling man kind of shit yeah totally with it you know um it's funny because I was gonna say like it's like kind of like almost like Mexico by uh, fucking what's his name the fl- flying, flying machines the pieces on the ground uh, uh, the old guy bald pieces, baby James James Taylor oh uh, okay but like but that song is ridiculously instrumentated and it's also hilariously ridiculous as a song yeah because I mean like at the at the end when he's like. It, the whole thing is about him living in Mexico, and then all of a sudden he goes, "I've never really been, so I don't really know," and it's like,
1: wait, 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 "What the fuck is this about?"
0: I don't, I'm almost positive you just said like the money's all gone, and the people at home won't even talk on the phone. Like, mm-hmm. so where are you? Yeah. <laughs> but, but anyway, um, that's one of my favorite favorite songs, and. Matt marty well one of my trusted steeds um like he uh he 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 works in the Lawrence arms crew is what I mean by mm-hmm. that um not that I ride him around or have sex with him in um uh, sheds in washington state uh um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, what i mean is I don't know if you guys know about that horse-fucking situation, but save it for the podcast that I do with Matt Marty. It's coming out in January. You can hear all about it on the Washington episode. Um, but uh, um, he and I listen to Mexico by James Taylor and just die laughing, like probably almost every single time we hang out. Um, <laughs> it's just like, it's, it's a pretty good song. But this song is better. And... Uh, <laughs> And yeah, and one thing I'd like to point out is because Nick is so heavily improvising the backing vocals through this whole album, first of all, he's like right making up lyrics throughout the entire record mm-hmm. that I don't know what they are and cannot discern because he's so shy that he mixes them down in the mix. And second of all, he's getting them wrong, like constantly, and then just keeping them in there, and which I find to be so charming. And that's like something that I know Nick and I both find to be really charming. And it's we learned it from doing this like super improvisational um, thing with Chris, and uh, you know, back in the day when we Mm -hmm. would just play every single day, we'd go back to Nick's house after school, Uh, we'd call our parents. We'd get stoned after we were done talking to our parents on the phone,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or we'd take mushrooms or whatever, and then we would just jam
1: uh-huh.
0: until dinner time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was like every day, three hours a day, we were doing this. And, um, and so <clears throat> the end result is that we all grew to love, like, sort of, like, happy, sloppy mistakes. Mm-hmm. Because that's sort of what was being uh, fomented in uh, in that little project that we were doing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, like, uh, I know that in Shitty Margarita, when I say, do you want to go get wild? He's singing, do you want to go get down underneath it? And I think that's awesome. Yeah. Because it's just like, it shows a certain, like, I mean, I can... Talk my way through it, you know. Be like, yeah, it's a fucking drunken swagger of a song, you know. Like they're, like the guy's just drunk enough that he's now saying, like, you want to go do a thing that sometimes makes a child, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like, uh, (laughs) um, which is a pretty good pickup line, by the way. I would (laughs) recommend using it. Um, but, but my point is. In this song at the very end God I'm really rambling today I'm sorry uh, he, He's that like When I say I fucked with all their daughters I fucked with all their sons At the end of the song And he goes Fucked with all their daughters Fucked their daughters sons <laughs> <laughs> Which <laughs> Which is Not what I say But it's pretty funny um, yeah, and and so, like, I guess one thing that I the last thing I really, unless you have something you want to talk about in this song that I have not uh, extensively covered, which I can't imagine <laughs> is the case, um, but I'm happy to uh to listen and reply. But obviously, Black Cat Boy is I told you it's based on my hat, mm-hmm. but it's also based on um the firecrackers, right? Mm-hmm. And so, it's like exploding in your fingers i'm made to destroy right Mm. you know pretty little faces pretty little vows because obviously it's about like fucking all the daughters in the town and some of them are presumably married and fucking all the sons in the town and some of them are presumably married Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know and pretty little faces is just like supposed to be just absolutely as piggish as you can possibly imagine Yeah. That being, Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) you know.
1: Sort of like up in them guts. Yeah, well. (laughs) So
0: um, this is the the title is just extraordinarily. These two songs kind of have that in common, which is the title kind of came first to me. And that's not a way I usually roll with shit. But, oh, no, the title didn't come first to me for this because at the end – I just started singing I'm Up In Them Guts after I'd written the whole song.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But it is a Too Short reference. Uh, the rapper Too Short. Um, mm. From Dallas, maybe?
1: Let's find out. Um,
0: I gotta tell you, I could be very wrong about that, but if I'm right, I'm gonna be fucking stoked.
1: Um, too Short is from... Los Angeles. Los Angeles? Since <laughs> when do they have a hip-hop scene? Um, okay. Then he went to Oakland. Which also, when, uh, since when does Oakland have a hip-hop scene?
0: Um, huh. he. You know what? He does... He totally reps Oakland. I, who am I thinking of that's from Dallas? Because I know the Ghetto Boys are from Houston. But there's another, like... Troy Aikman. The... Oh, yeah. I was thinking of Troy Aikman. You're right. Yeah. And um... so J.R., uh, the oil magnate, mm-hmm. who wore the cowboy hat. Yeah. <laughs> mm, can't think of his last name. Reynolds, I believe. No, that's uh, RJ no, Reynolds. Thinking of the...
1: <laughs> you're thinking of George Herbert Walker Bush. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So up in them um, guts, um which I by, by the time we get to this record it's um pretty well established uh phrase in the American lexicon. Um Is it? I think Because, so. like I heard it first from Too
0: Short and then when um, Fuck with Fire, what's that band called? Planes Mistaken for Stars. Mm-hmm. Dude, yo, by the way, I love that band. I think they're awesome. Mm-hmm. The guys are so kind and sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, how did they name one album, Fuck With Fire, <laughs> and then they named their next album, "Up in Them Guts, but they let their band be called Planes Mistaken for Stunners. <laughs> <laughs> It's like they're like we're the greatest at naming albums, not band band names, not as much at all. <laughs> um, in fact, we're gonna use a band name that uh, absolutely invokes the opposite of what we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you hear a band called Planes, mistaken for Stars. You're thinking like kind of like a more twee promise ring, yeah. You know, like totally. like. Maybe if Promise Ring had been, like, uh... Just a little bit more like, uh, early death cab. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Just, like, raised by lesbian parents, you know? Uh, (laughs) Kind (laughs) of, like, just, like, really in touch with their feminine side. And then instead you get this, like, dude's got a fucking, like, halo of bullets tattooed around his neck. And he's... (laughs) Like, the most terrifying-looking guy you've ever seen, and he's just, like, screaming, and he's, like, making hot water music look like Death Cab, (laughs) you know? and But still, like, staying true to that form. It's crazy. But, like, I thought that Up Up In Them Guts was such an evocative title for that fucking um, record, and it just kind of came to me when I was writing this song, because you know in the uh the first part of it it's like i got some money in my pocket but it's in the form of pills mm-hmm. if you want me to do something girl we both know that you will which is kind of like i mean to call it lecherous is an understatement yeah. it's fucking uh gross frankly mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's like i'm going to keep giving you these oxycontin's you need to survive as
1: long as you fucking come down to the basement right and yeah. uh See what I can do, which is I think the second time you use that phrase, which is just like man. That's a rough one.
0: No, in this one it's uh in, in this one it's we'll find out what you can do. Uh-huh. Which implies I don't know. <laughs> um but um the The funny thing about this song is that when Nick took this away to, like, work on it, he brought it back. It's got those keyboards that sound a lot like Europe, Final Countdown. And that's exactly what I was thinking Mm -hmm. um, for this. But I didn't say anything about it to him. And when I got it back, I was like, this is exactly, exactly what I envisioned this song sounding like." like. And so it's just like that's how, you know, that's how long we've been buds and collaborative partners or whatever. That it's just like you hear this acoustic thing and you're like, oh, this obviously calls for a nineteen eighty-three Casio. Uh <laughs> you know, and and it, it fucking it, it It's just like I it man and he just like really came with this entire track so hard in the, in the second verse that like screaming, yelling thing that he does mm-hmm. is so insanely haunting when it's just like, don't worry about the noise or the boys are in the yard. Sometimes being so easy makes another thing so hard. And, and like, which by the way, clever. Yeah. Um, very nice. Um, <laughs> also disgusting. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not I'm not too good to admit that it's disgusting. Um but uh the whole thing when I like you said the boys in the yard, it's like for one thing that the song had like come out not too well, I uh-huh. mean it come off terribly long before this, but it was still like in my mind. Um like my milkshake brings all the boys yeah, to the yard yeah, yeah. or whatever. But I always thought about that more as like a prison reference than anything huh you know and, like which i don't i'm under no illusions that that's correct i i, mm-hmm. I think that that's absolutely wrong um but this is just a, sort of the way i envisioned it and so when i say that, don't worry about the noise of the boys in the yard what i picture is people like wilding the fuck out right mm-hmm. whether it's in your house or like in some sort of like incarceration situation or whatever. And uh and then Nick like just personifies that. I've never heard a fucking backing vocal like that before. It is It's wild. It is profound to me. It's it's my single fav- favorite I don't know if I could go so far as to say it's my favorite backing vocal on anything I've ever been a part of, but it is from, like, an artistry perspective, it is the most ambitious and pulled-off backing vocal of anything I've ever been a part of. Mm. Uh, like, when I hear that, I'm just like, dude, that's fucking... Like, you just made this song into art. This song about, like, you know, fucking teens who just need Oxycontins. You just turned it into fucking, like, an art piece. So, Dude, which,
1: especially, like, that that point... After the second chorus, where it just, like, all kind of drops, it's like, whew, there's a chill that comes off of that. Yeah. It, um, it,
0: mm-hmm. And that's that's where I, like, just all of a sudden, I, like, was thinking... Like I was, I was playing through it, and I was like, "This song's not over." And this is like the first time I ever like tried to play these lyrics.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was like, "Oh, I know what to do." And I was just like, "I'm up in them guts." And I was like, "Oh my god, that's like really catchy, and it's so disturbing to sing something like that, like really catchy like that, because it's a dirty phrase." Uh.
1: <laughs> but. Not gonna stop me, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, especially after that line of, um, was it, uh, nothing feels so perfect as being stuck up in it. Just, yeah. Like, quadruple on Yeah, entendre. there's a lot of,
0: uh, a lot of ways to translate that, right? Like, it's the lifestyle that's obviously gotten you this far, mm-hmm. which is, Presumably, pretty fun till you die, um as long as you don't have any like sort of self reflective tendencies yeah and then uh <laughs> and then um also uh probably like if I'm guessing about this sort of narrative narrator's uh, life based on these songs, uh probably a certain amount of addiction <laughs> it, like being being stuck up in it. Uh-huh. Um, Nothing feels so perfect as being stuck up in it It sounds a lot like Man When I just like lean into the fact that I'm addicted to pills And take all the pills Mm -hmm. Hoof Feels great You know And then Obviously Just the fucking (laughs) It's clearly about the fucking too
1: Well yeah And you know If you wanted to stretch it too The um what else do you stick that uh, involves drugs? Yeah, stick a needle. Oh sure. So there you go. Sure. We said quadruple. There it is, four baby. <laughs> um, yeah. Borden USA. You know, last last time we talked, yeah, I, I compared it to the sirens, but I think. What I'm thinking of now is those little um, transitions in Austin Powers where <laughs> it's just them on a soundstage with a bunch of flower yeah, yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know,
0: this song is like, um, it's a weird outlier. Um, we We did this for the... John Nolan comp, John Nolan being the dude from um Taking Back Sunday. And I man, I I still can't remember what it's called. Music for people who are nice? Mm-hmm. Or I wrote it specifically to be the darkest song on the record that stuck out the most because the whole record was like full of like proto like post emo um mm-hmm. artists just based on the fact that I mean, John Nolan, obviously that's his scene, right? Yeah. You know? Like uh and we talked about that a little last week, but Derek did the initial one for the comp and uh then Nick was like, "No, no, I need to put my hands all over this. Like I'm not I'm not comfortable uh not like, adding, like, tons of, like... Nah! Kind of shit like that. And then uh-huh. and then we had Tinkler do the guitar solo. And uh, it turned out really great. And, uh, like, when we tried to do this before, we went through this line by line. And I feel like it's worth doing, again, yeah, if you totally. don't mind. Because, like, this, this song is supposed to sound really disposable, but at the same time be... Um, incredibly uh, fucking packed with impact. I hate the way that that kind of rhymes.
1: Um, but uh, So the comp before, before we do that is uh, it's called Music for Everyone. Uh, it's got Anti-Flag, Chris Farron, Taking Back Sunday, Kevin Devine, Dave Haas. Uh, but yeah, it's your song just looking at the... Um, artists and song titles that are on here definitely uh sticks out quite a bit yeah it really truly
0: was a weird one and uh i don't know whoever the person putting the comp together was did hit me up and say don't tell anyone but i think your song is the best song on the record (laughs) and so i didn't for years and now here i am (laughs) take that lady um but uh This song is, like, really one of the darkest songs I've ever written. It's probably the darkest Mm -hmm. song of this album, which is saying something considering that there's songs about, like, literally killing people on this album. Yeah. Um, And, but, you know, there's a groovy new craze, and it's really, really making a scene now. It's just kind of like the setup. It can Mm. make you go totally nuts, if you know what I mean now. It's like we're we're getting into the fucking double entendre, right? Because that's... Yeah You know Because You know Nothing makes you go insane Like torture Uh, And uh, All you need is a rag And a cold dark room A pitcher of water And some restraints too Just tie your baby down (laughs) Baby come and waterboard with me And it is important to note That Baby is on purpose Supposed to be a baby Yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, and Because it's fucking disturbing as hell man Like uh, That's mm-hmm. what's going on And and the thing is Like The reason that I was trying to like Sort of like wrap the pill in sugar here Or whatever you want to say Is because um, Man I'll try to say this again I said it last week and I thought I did it good So I'm going to do it bad this time George George Carlin has that bit where he talks about like people coming home from World War II, and he's like, "Remember what we used to call them? Shell shocked." Yeah, that's an ugly term, but you knew that it was fucked up, and you were like, "Damn, that motherfucker's shell shocked, right?" Mm-hmm. And now what do we call it? PTSD, which stands for Post Traumatic Stress Disorder. Which, um, for one thing, even if you don't, you know, use it as an acronym, means almost nothing. But when you reduce it down to PTSD. It's like oh it oh so you yeah so you're i don't know what you need like some some pills or something yeah and it's like no motherfucker i'm shell shocked you know and it's like the defanging of language or whatever is uh something that's really really um utilized by the US government uh, particularly the the military branch of the US government uh in terms of like they talk about this in enhanced interrogation techniques is mm-hmm. what they call it mm-hmm. it's torture yeah you know it, they're torturing people but to call it enhanced interrogation techniques is uh to take away the power and the horror of what's actually going on and um you know so that, there there's a big part of me that was very conscious of that that wanted to write this song to make it be uh a song about torture that sounded like it was about surfing. Yeah. You know, and I mean it doesn't hurt that the waterboarding sounds like something that you would do for fun on a vacation.
1: Waterboarding like on its own yeah doesn't sound like anything other than what you would do on vacation and PTSD it's like With stress in there, it's like, oh, okay, cool. Like, stress. Yeah, you has got anxiety. uh Um, Uh-huh. I always think of, like, Tony Soprano after he collapses and he has a a doctor talking to him and she says, well, you could, like, reduce your stress. And he's like, don't you know any other fucking words? (laughs) But, like, and then, you know, PTSD, it's like, It's like when people say, Oh, I'm really OCD because I need to have a a clean desk. And it's like, That's not what that is. Right. Yeah. Do you flip the light
0: switch on like six times Mm -hmm. before you can leave the room? Because that's OCD. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) I mean, and listen, it manifests in a whole bunch of different ways, but like, it's definitely something that's like a serious problem that's like very crippling to people that a lot of. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say millennial white Americans co-opt as being something that means I, I just, I'm a little bit neurotic Mm
1: -hmm.
0: or like even
1: like I'm not a mess Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) You know, I was like, <laughs> yeah, I, it's something that you kind of learn. Like, if you if there, you're in any form of a situation where you're learning about psychology, it's just one of those like very uh, easy concepts to grasp. But it exists within certain parameters, not within just like personhood. Um, but Are you cut out for a second. I'm sorry. Oh no, it's um just just adding to that. Um do you ever talk to I you know, your your mom used to do uh public relations. Like this is this is her field to an extent. Do you ever talk to her about this shit?
0: Um Man, that's so fucking funny that you asked me that because not... Yeah, I mean she describes this all as PR mm-hmm. constantly. And like she came up in um Springfield, Missouri, um, where she was a newspaper reporter, like kinda like a like a real like kinda like beat journalist or whatever, and um maybe it was It was either Don Rumsfeld or John Ashcroft that was from there. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And she was like... And, you know, those are two, like, of the architects of the Iraq War. And Mm -hmm. um, I feel like it was Ashcroft... But maybe it was Rumsfeld. I don't know. It doesn't really totally matter. But she was like, that motherfucker's been pure evil since, you know, he was 29. Mm. Uh, But... So she's been watching the public relationsization of the military. You know, like um, it's like we talked about on those last episode. It's like the Vietnam War was what swayed public perception of the Vietnam War was the fact that it was the first televised war. So you'd see like fucking soldiers with their fucking faces blown off laying dead and you'd see like little naked children running down the street like covered in napalm and shit like that and it really swayed public opinion because it was like oh my god the horrors of war and now it's just like you know enhanced interrogation techniques and fucking ptsd and like there's like troop humping like let's fucking yank this sack of meat with no fucking limbs whatsoever Mm. out onto the fucking field at the fucking Cowboys game and we'll all clap for him. And then we can send him back to his fucking, uh, you know, trailer. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we've, we've done our job, you know? And, uh, and then everybody feels good about it. And, you know, it's, uh, that, that whole thing is gone. I mean, it's been like destroyed by the internet because on the internet, you can see people with their faces blown off constantly. There's mm-hmm. troll communities that will send you that. If your child dies, they'll find autopsy pictures of your child and they'll send them to you. Mm. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's super fucked up. Like how dark the discourse has become and how much that's like forced modern America to disengage from humanity. Like what it means to be a human. Yeah, literally. totally, Right. And, I mean, this song is very, very, very much about that, mm-hmm. you know? And um,
1: Dude, do you know what this fucking... This is. This is a fucking... You ever read Pynchon? Thomas Pynchon would do shit like this all the time in his in his books, where he'd, like, just have a performance in the middle of it, and it would be total satire and like within a within a like context of like a super niche like you know rock and roll trope or whatever right 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 well i mean
0: i've only really read uh crying of lot 49 and then i started an, another one and i was like this fucking sucks
1: so if he beats the shit out of you it's fucking so mean <laughs> <laughs> that's how i met joe from elway was i was going into his coffee shop and i was reading gravity's rainbow and he was like oh this guy needs a friend <laughs> <laughs> well so then you know
0: the second verse gets a little more disturbing right yeah they'll they'll cry and they'll shake and they'll tell you that it feels like you're drowning they feels like they're drowning which is funny um but it's also not funny at all um and then you say you'll take the corpse of their son and throw it back where you found it, which I feel like is worth like exploring just a little bit because that also <laughs> indicates that the child has already been mm-hmm. killed mm-hmm. and that uh, they've scraped up the corpse of the child to sort of, in this internet troll sort of way, hold it in front of this person being waterboarded. And then they say they'll take the corpse of the child and throw it back where they found it. And the next thing you know, you'll be singing a tune, which is obviously, like, great, like, old
1: 50s lyrics. <laughs> right? Also, like, where they found it is, like... <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure. Fell off a truck. Right. Okay.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's very, very dark. Um, and then the next thing you know, they'll be singing a tune. And you can cut him loose and send him back to his dune, <laughs> which I think, <laughs> as we discussed, is... Really funny because it also like sort of head on takes on the the sort of inherent racism of the entire story around um, what's going on in terms of our enhanced interrogation techniques. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like it's like, well, they shouldn't have been fucking Muslim, man. You know, like the word Dune even sounds like racist just to say, even though it's not. I mean, there's the Indiana Dunes, you know, but it's like often combined with another word that's like kind of unsayable and and it is a very offensive racist slur. That like if somebody said around me, I'd be like, ah, uh, what? Whose friend are you? Yeah,
1: you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, <laughs> well, yeah, but also like credit where it's due. The the whole thing's about a surf song. You got to have sand in there somewhere. That's true. That is true. Um, And then,
0: you know, we didn't talk about this last time. And I'm, I'm like ashamed of that because you can hear the waterboarder screaming all over the bay. It's obviously Guantanamo Bay, Uh (laughs) you know, and, uh, and, pretty fun, yeah. And it's they they they,
1: they talk about uh they talk about the bay and uh, surfing USA or maybe it's the Chuck Berry song they stole. Anyway,
0: yeah. And then, so what it goes. The sun comes up. I'm haunted by the screams and the shaking. That is a slight appeal to the humanity of the soldiers, but that all changes when I smell them cooking eggs and some bacon, which is obviously bacon being something that Muslims. So do not eat and the, mm-hmm. you know, like cooking it around them is the, uh, I mean, I think probably fine for most people, uh, you know, yeah. that are practicing Muslims or like sort of like more secular Muslims. I don't think that they're going to like be like, I don't believe there's bacon in this restaurant. I don't think that's a mm-hmm. thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I think it's a thing that like white people do to offend
1: Muslims. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, Totally. It's uh, look outside. You can find an example. Right. Yeah, and um,
0: <clears throat> yeah, a little, bit of breakfast and some coffee too, and a guy that's got some explaining to do. Great. <laughs> <laughs> love it. It's a it's a Lucy. Uh, I love Lucy reference. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, and then. He's already starving and he's black and he's blue, which is, I love, because it's like you're talking about how you just had, like, this nice big breakfast of this, like, super offensive meal, Mm. and then he's already starving. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, we also don't feed him. I didn't even bring that up. We (laughs) could just throw that in there as, like, a sidebar, you know, and still he's waterboarding all day, just like, you know, like all the great fucking waterboarders do you're never gonna get good if you don't do it all day <laughs> um but yeah, that's it. I mean, we have talked about this song
1: too much, but uh I like this song a lot man it's it's really cool um it says a lot, and it says a lot that um i think it, it does it's it it rolls off of you as a listener. And I think that that is, like, case in point to what all of these things are saying about language and about softening it and how immune we are to it just as uh, citizens.
0: Yeah, it does, like, that is the the point. It's supposed to sound fine. Mm-hmm. And then it's supposed to be very, very dark. And, I mean, it is. It's about fucking... Child murder and torture You know Like And Sort of Gross colonialism and everything So And unjust war And a literal torture base
1: Yeah yeah. It's like Darth Vader has one of those (laughs) (laughs) But Harold and Kumar escaped from it That is true But I mean
0: Oh my god I could go for some White Castle right now uh, we're
1: going to take ourselves a break We'll be right back
0: Hey baby do you want to come out tonight or did you rub the lotion On your skin I know it's cold And the walls are weeping blood But do you really want The hose
1: again um hey i just i just want to let everybody know that we had a really good week on better yet this week and last week last week we talked to uh augusta koch from kayatana and Gladi. did she tell you i sent her water she did not somehow it didn't come up Bullshit um, I talked to uh, Caleb Cordes of Sinai Vessel this week too Which was a very lovely conversation So Cool um, Yeah, figure, I'm here, I might as well plug Why are you looking at me like that?
0: I'm not looking at you like that, I'm looking at my own face and noticing that it's just
1: disgusting
0: <laughs> yeah. Is this really what I look like? This is my appearance?
1: God damn it. So, so the ballad that... of Buffalo Bill. Yes. Going going right back into the thick of things. I guess we're going down even lower than we were before because, I mean, we went we went to the basement in Up in Them Guts, but when we're talking Buffalo Bill, we're going beneath the basement. Yeah, into the well. Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
0: Um,. Yeah, Battle Buffalo Bill, looking can you say? Um, there's three murderous Buffalo Bills out there. Mm-hmm. There's this Buffalo Bill, Buffalo Bill, the old cowboy, and OJ Simpson, of course. So we all, we all know the three murderous Buffalo Bills. This one is probably the most... Mm, he's up there. Top three. Uh, most evil. <laughs> um, and... Um, this is a song that Derek, um, this is the first song that I did for this record that wasn't Born in USA, mm-hmm. and um, Derek helped me with it, and actually, uh, here's, well, here, I'll just tell the story first before I get to that. Uh, so this was the first time when Derek was like, what do you think of this, like, tiny trap kit, like, saloon style, you know, like, old time accordions and shit like that in the background, mm-hmm. and I was like... No man, I was thinking like Bone Thugs and Harmony kind of sound for this, and he was like, "Oh, yeah, no problem. Yeah, I got, th- I got you." And he sent the track bed back to me, and um, it was so incredible. I mean, those little like yip, 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 yip. Mm-hmm. that's precious. The dog from The Ballad of Buffalo Bill, like from uh, Silence of the Lambs, um, like he. Sampled stuff from the movie Like the Beyond like the beginning Where it's like Hey, are you like a size 14? Yeah. And then, you know Right before the second verse He goes It rubs the lotion on its skin <laughs> You know uh, Which Is awesome But it's nowhere near as cool As making The yipping of the dog And the The, the footsteps of Buffalo Bill Into these um, And the then the bells into these like parts of the song that like actually rhythmically blend into the track and like actually like sort of elevate the um you know like like the whole production for lack Mm -hmm. of a better term yeah and um and he, he just really knocked it out of the park and um He was like, here, I sent you this. And I was like, this is fucking amazing. Um, I, I am blown away yeah. that you did this. This is awesome. This is exactly what I want. I wanted to make fucking old timey country, western record that like completely subverted the genre in a way that like could not be easily um, pigeonholed in any way. You know, like I want to, I'm, I'm, I'm going for like reinventing the idea of the old timey drunken folk song Mm -hmm. for lack of a better term, you know, and, uh, and you've nailed it because this song is going to sound exactly like an old timey folk song, but it's, Mm -hmm. you know, like, like with all those like trap beats and shit like that. And like the fucking samples and the bells ringing and like, and then Nick again came in and was like, well, I'm going to put some more stuff on this because, you know, I, I mean, because he's Nick, he's like the, the fucking, he's the mechanic on this. He's really the, the fucking, all I did was write the songs and sing them and play the guitar solos. Nick, it should be Nick Martin and the Wandering Birds, really. You know? I mean, he did everything on this record. He's so fucking profoundly talented. It's crazy. So he, like, came in. I mean, all those bass lines and stuff, that's all Nick. Mm. Like, it was all just, like, sort of more, like, midi bass lines and stuff. Um, The way Derek put it together. But, yeah, this this song is is fun. <laughs> it's about... uh. About keeping a hostage in a well and um, fucking him every now and then, <laughs> and it's constantly referencing the movie *Silence of the Lambs*.
1: I love the way it starts off with the uh, with that like player piano. Um, it's got even like a like a toy piano, like it's it's so thin, and then it's just like these splices of um, that very old timey feel, and then you know in the synth comes in when your vocal starts like i just love that like slowly rising like synth sound that's underneath it's just straight foreboding yeah and
0: and i think that that is i don't know this to be true um Derek could tell me it has nothing to do with it but i think like he's a very clever dude um i feel like that uh that sort of sound, that player piano sound is like the the tilt of the hat to the saloon, mm-hmm. you know, that I was referring to oh, when I was yeah. telling him, like, yo, I want this to be like saloon music, but I want it to be a whole different fucking thing, mm-hmm. you know, like, and so, and I mean, leave it to a guy that's a lot better at music than me to come up with something so great as that, um... I mean every every everything that any of these guys add into this, I like could never have done if you fucking held a gun to my head. Mm-hmm. You know, not just because I have no technical ability, but because I would have never thought of it.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, like, you know, you look at the title. Yeah, totally.
0: <laughs> I see. <laughs> I'm kidding. I I mean I mean I mean that's very sincere. Yeah, right, Tim. I was just just kind of being. Oh, fun. of
1: course. Um, I think it's it's funny to, you know, think about, obviously, like, Buffalo Bill at this juncture in, in like, our culture is people are going to go to the movie first, but the idea that the song called The Ballad of Buffalo Bill, like, could have been performed in a saloon in, you know, 1898... Yeah. It sure. just would have been about Buffalo Bill Cody. Yeah,
0: um Yeah, the that, that that I think there was sort of that wasn't an unconscious decision, mm-hmm. you know, like um to sort of use that muse. Use that muse. There you go. <laughs> There's your fucking next fucking record the starting line <laughs> call, call it that um but uh
1: <laughs> why'd did, why did you go immediately to the
0: starting line this is the first fucking like pop punk band i could think yeah. of shout out drive Through records hey i don't i don't i don't hate those guys oh no, no, no. i like them they're cool um Good sports. They put up with us. I mean, I'm sure they fucking hate us now, but <laughs> to be honest, it's never really disturbed my slumber, Um <laughs> you yeah. know, um, but yeah, this one is, uh, it's cool, I think. Come on, girl, it's already the morning. Now move on me the way you tell me to is yeah pretty, like, predatory. I mean, obviously, it's about a fucking hostage-taking serial killer. So predatory is kind of part and parcel. But the next line, which is, if you want to cry, baby girl, that's fine. I can find the beauty in precipitous decline is...
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's a lyric I'm really proud of, like, and I just love the way it, like the cadence of it rolls off the tongue and everything. You know, mm. if you need to cry, baby girl, that's fine. I can find the beauty in precipitous decline. I mean, this is like sort of where I first like honed like the real deep voice that like kind of developed on this record mm-hmm. that you know. Sort of appeared on Metropole, and then on um, Skeleton Coast, and also on the Liquid Death record. Like the, like my new role is like the the bass. Yeah. <laughs> Not the bass player, but the bass singer. Because like, if you listen to uh, uh, I'd Rather Die Than Live Forever, my voice is still like a lot higher. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't do any of that stuff, but it was this, this song, specifically that line, like the way it like drops down like that. I can find the beauty in precipitous decline? Like I was like, "Oh man, that zone is cool because there's a cool like texture to my voice when I go down there.
1: You ever think about you know? the fact that you say "decline" and your voice goes down? Holy shit like in quality? No. Like the Well then
0: it's not the same thing at all. The
1: notes. You know it's all right dude, it's <laughs> I get I sometimes I get too into theory here. Um <laughs> I mean, honestly though, with what we were just talking about with the Borden USA, you want to talk about precipitous decline going back to, to Vietnam to uh peace with honor. Or whatever, it's just like, yeah, all fucking downhill from from here. Yeah, I mean like you know, that that's the other thing is like the postmodern condition, if you will. There
0: is a total aspect of this album that like and you know, it's like really sort of pretentious to talk about this part of it too much. Mm-hmm. But of course, this is about like white people getting away with whatever the fuck they want, you know. And like, and, and, and like, and like, it, it's structuralist as well. Mm-hmm. Me as a white guy making this record, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you know, is an example of that. But like, it's about torture. It's about murder. It's about fucking having a pocket full of drugs and making people fuck you for them, and and like facing no consequences. Someday when they catch me, I know they'll flay me of my skin. You know, like mm. they, so and and like there, there is like a greater metaphor to be read into this. I think it's a little bit like abstruse, and I don't like to really like call that shit out because it sounds like, oh well, actually, it's a fun piece of art, and it's like I just want you to rock out, man. Right. You know, like I, <laughs> I don't, I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> for that, but. uh um I mean it
1: yeah I mean context like that's informative yeah
0: go ahead no it's just like that that kind of thing undoubtedly deform uh, inform <laughs> deforms um <laughs> informs anything that uh that I'm going to do as somebody that like considers myself to be a conscientious um you know white cishet male right uh mm. like there's no way that I can like sing about like taking power over people and have it not be metaphorically tied to the way the world works. Yeah.
1: I I think that it's, I guess I'm, I'm reexamining it, it, this song in the, in that context now, and just looking at a line, like you want to act like a big girl. And it's like, no, that's, she's not acting like a big girl. She exists. She's, a person, a human person, who's in that body, and it's—I don't know.
0: Would you say she's about a size fourteen? About a
1: size fourteen. <laughs>
0: she's not acting like a big girl, yes. um, but anyway, now with nothing but love to my big girls out there. No,
1: but like, uh, I mean, that's kind of the—that's kind of the thing, right? Is that this like, you know, damaged uh, person who is looking on someone else and and deciding that like their existence is in some way an action towards me or there is something that they are like doing that allows me to like justify my um you know my action
0: right where like standing up for yourself in the face of power becomes um a threat Mm -hmm. or a or something to be slapped down immediately right Mm. and and you know um in the case of the sort of fiction of this song right it's somebody that's being literally held hostage and kept in a well who's you know presumably like i don't know like in in my mind i didn't think about it too hard but it's like fuck you i hate you it's like oh you want to act like a big girl well nothing good's going to come from that mm-hmm. you you know like uh wh- which is easier to say when you hold the keys, the keys to the prison you know um totally. and and like and that that is um i you know here's the thing tim there like i have been um so staunchly like anti prison state and like anti hegemony for so many years that there's no doubt that this shit all leaks into like everything i do and this all becomes a metaphor for that Mm -hmm. but it's like really disingenuous to discuss this particular song as like a metaphor i mean it's obviously a prison metaphor but I mean, it's just supposed to be a pervy song about the fucking silence of the land. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. like, like that. It's it's in there, and it is it is marbled in, but it's marbled in the way like wax on, wax off is marbled in. Uh huh. You know, like, like I didn't sit down and go, man, I'm gonna write a well, song about I the know
1: uh, that, but
0: the racist uh, and sexist prison industrial complex, but. What I did do was spend enough time being completely infuriated by the way that power brokers uh, treat their slaves and, you know, yeah. sort of personify that particular caricaturized persona or whatever and – uh Man, I'm going to run out of words one day on this podcast. Uh,
1: <laughs> <but> <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm um, just trying to get Lily to play with her behind me right now. It's it's very, uh, very distracting, but also very cute. She's trying to get in the play stance.
0: Cute dogs. Um, but yeah, that's all I want to say about this one. It's um, yes, it's a metaphor. It's also just a pervy fucking song, and it's also just a dope banger that you can like bump in your car and freak out literally anyone that you pull up next to Mm -hmm. in the summertime when you're out there like driving down fucking the a1a or whatever
1: well i it's my favorite song on this record i feel like i have to like defend my position for like getting so in the weeds with it but it was just you know to uh, stimulate conversation. No, man. I, oh, no, 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 no. And I, I
0: appreciate it because it is, it is all in there. And, you know, last time we talked about it, we didn't bring that stuff up. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, it's important it's there. It's like.
1: Yeah, I think there's something to be said too about just like the, um, the intentionality to do a thing and then what is also written into that is so much so much. Yeah. Totally. Great movie, Silence of the Lambs. That that whole thing, it's just people's faces. It's wild. There's there are scenes in that movie where it's just two faces just like back and forth talking at the camera. Oh yeah. It's so cool. Yeah, no. That movie is
0: That movie's like some serious theater of the mind shit, man. Like that in my advanced editing class. That was the scene where they break into the wrong house,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, with the um, like the night goggles on or yeah. whatever, and it's cut between with Clarice ringing the door at Buffalo Bill's mm-hmm. house. And it's
1: back and forth, and it's like a total misdirection thing. Which, that house, the wrong house, is supposedly in Illinois. There there is no house in Illinois that exists on hills such as those. I just want to point (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah,
0: that's true. If you've ever been here, we're flatter than the boy that I keep in the well in my basement. (laughs)
1: Great time to drink your water, Tim
0: <laughs> but uh <laughs> to make the podcast about this offensive album more offensive than the actual album itself um yeah that 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 that's like you know I mean, I went to a good college and that was like a senior level class that I had to like submit projects to get yeah. into, you know and that was the thing that they showed us, and they're like, this right here is the mm. pinnacle, like this is as good as we you know for the time, I mean it was fucking nineteen eighteen so uh <laughs> you know there's been a lot of advances since then,
1: <laughs> uh, but so bottle and tray um man this this song is such a it's just ritual sacrifice, and it's the end of the world.
0: It is. It's a celebration of the end of the world. Um, the it's looking out the door or looking at the window rather, and whoever you're with, whether it's your captive or your Fucking person that you like that likes you back, uh, or whatever. It's like, well, there's the barbarians coming this direction right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I could see the heads on the sticks and I can see the fire on the horizon and all that shit. And so, break out the tray so we can. Do some drugs and then break out the bottle so we can drink a little bit and probably will fuck and I'm going to kill you before they get here. That's sort of the the, (laughs) that's the that's the very basic cliff notes of what happens in this
1: (laughs) (laughs) show.
0: I feel like it's kind of a mercy killing, but it's also like a pervy mercy killing um it's gotta
1: it's gotta be pervy it's inherently pervy
0: yeah yeah i mean and and this song is very pervy but i think this is like as close to a like genuine love song as there is i mean like you're so beautiful baby i can't wait to watch you die which is kind of like the pinnacle of the song mm-hmm. um you know like the, the climax the climax the nug um and it it uh Really upset my wife when she heard it the first time. <laughs> yeah. She was like, "I like this song, except for that. Lo- what is that about?" And I was just like,
1: "Just pretend.
0: Don't, don't worry about it. It's."
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I mean, like, listen. On the real, if there was like barbarians like swarming their way towards my house, or like fucking. Cormac McCarthy style Fucking leather clad Sodomites with catamites on leashes Mm. Coming at me Baby eaters whatever you want to say You bet Your ass I would strangle My wife before they got there (laughs) There, There's just There's just no two ways about it I I, mean is that the only I
1: I do it's a It's a a tough (laughs) sentence to take in <laughs> I think yeah, I'm just like I can see why that's. I'm the conscious case. of my of my position of just being the uh, you know the the guy who's only here because you're here, and I don't want to be the one who's just <laughs> like yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh.
0: Right, but but it is true, man. It's like uh... so I had to take my man Pancho, put him down the other day, mm. man. Life life was. Coming over the fucking horizon mm. at him, you know? And he was 17 years old and didn't feel good. Could have just stand there and shake. Yeah. Did, he couldn't even get mad. A, 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 a complete asshole. Couldn't even get angry, you know? And, and I was like, well, we got to get you out of here before something real bad. Yeah. Fucking, you know, and... I don't know. I'm no big city euthanasist, but uh, I will say <laughs> that... Uh, I don't know. Euthanasist? Euthanasian? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but but, but uh, I will say that I'm 100% strangling my entire family before the fucking crazy Cormac McCarthy sodomites get to my yeah, house.
1: they can... They can do what they will with you, but
0: Yeah, sure. That's fine. But they're not they're not they're not touching my sweet flesh and blood, man. I mean my own. (laughs) 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 They will eat and drink of. But uh but yeah, so that's the idea of this song is um sort of like a last Mardi Gras in the face of the end of the world. Right? Like you know, it's like the the bombs have launched, and it's like, what are we gonna do? And it's like, well, here's what we're gonna do: you're gonna go get me the bottle, you're gonna go get me the tray. We're gonna fucking get high, we're gonna get drunk, we're gonna fuck, and then I'm gonna take you out the way I always told you I would. Mm-hmm. You know, if anything got fucking weird. And uh, the thing that I like about this song a lot is the um the instrumentation by Nick. This is one of the more weirdly standard ones, Mm
1: -hmm. Uh,
0: even though this is a bizarre sort of sounding song uh, by the standards of a lot of records. It's kind of got that like sort of Portland, um, like Pacific Northwest, rather, uh, Pinback, Built to Spill fat guys that sound like they're skinny but they're actually fat and gross uh like sound to it you know and uh guitars
1: like for days totally
0: yeah i mean the guitars are like like late era archers of loaf kind of guitars Mm. on here and i don't even know that nick has any of these things and has had his references because he doesn't i mean he listens to like greg allman and shit like that, you know, you know, Hell like yeah. uh,
1: that dude knows how to chill, so, but <laughs> yeah, he knows how to chill, man.
0: Um, so uh, so yeah, this one, like, I thought this song was gonna be fast, I thought it was gonna be like, There's a fire on the horizon, and I'm fighting, mm-hmm. right? And when he came back with this, I was like. Oh fuck! This is a way more like romantic and way more dark and way more end of the world. It's like the way those guitars kind of swirl around is almost like um, like the the fire and the smoke that is like engulfing the whole thing. It's like really it's pretty, structuralist yeah, in that it's way. Slow motion. Yeah, and it's it's cool to me, and um, I can only, I mean, I can't take any credit for that shit, man. I just put the chords together and did the the melody and the words, you know? Um, But, yeah, I love this one. Um, I think it's very sweet. I think it's the sweetest, most pure
1: song on the record. I love that line about, um, I'm a crouching tiger, I'm a curling asp. It's so, I don't know. I think the curling asp, like, in particular, it... Just really, really adds to just this, like, seat on a throne, even though, like, you know, who knows what the actual scene looks like. But it it feels just very epic, very, was it like Cleopatra's the Asp, right? Yeah,
0: I mean, I just thought it sounded like cool, like, warrior-style gang member Mm -hmm. shit you know what i mean like the crouching tiger the curling asp like yeah. you know the burning hot sensation building in your lap <laughs> which i mean could go a lot of ways but um but yeah the yeah no i i i think it was when i wrote that line that i was like this song is going to be mm-hmm.
1: good
0: you know that was like the artistic like boost over the fence
1: that I needed confidence wise yeah it leads really really well into I'm the man which I don't have the uh, can't react to hearing the uh, same thing for the first time twice but
0: yeah I know man which sucks Because, so, as we talked about, I guess, last week, me and Nick and Chris used to, you know, do these, like, long jams or whatever that were completely improvised, and as I said, most of them were, like, total shit, but every once in a while, everything would come together and be great, and one time we were doing a jam, and I started going... Ding ding, ding ding on the bass dung ding, ding ding and then for whatever reason we all kicked in at the same time and then when i went back to sing it later it was these exact words we wrote this song when we were 14 um it like this was like one of the the moments like the the nuggets out of those like long insane slogs that we used to make people listen to. Like we'd get stoned and put them on at parties and people would be like, uh,
1: <laughs>
0: cause most of it just sucked complete ass. But this was one of the moments that like has stuck with us so much. And, uh, I don't know. I can't remember if Nick or if I suggested like, let's re- resurrect. I'm the man, but this is the exact melody the exact words the exact baseline the exact chords of the song that we put together when we were 14 years old and um so when i say that this is a record that we have been waiting our whole lives to make basically and that i don't First of all, you're wrong if you think it's bad. It's great. Um, but second <laughs> kind of all, like it's, there's there's like literally no convincing me that it's not. It's just important to me. I like mm-hmm. there, you don't have to like it. There's I've put out so many records that we have an entire podcast based on the fact that I've put out so many records. Uh, so you don't have to love this one. But like here's the here's the evidence, man. We wrote this song when we were 14, and this is the ultimate iteration of that youthful exuberance that propelled me into a a lifetime of being a musician, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, and it's also just fucking kick ass. I mean, Nick, like, destroys it with this stuff. Like, the way he um, handles the crazy, like... I don't know what you want to call it, like Euro Club keyboard situation. Yeah. Like, it's so dope. And I mean, like, it, like this is, this is an album I used to fall asleep to just because I know it so well that I don't have to, like, really listen to it, uh-huh. yeah. you know? And when it gets to this and it gets to, like, the end, and it's just, like, there's, like, the slow removal... Of instruments, like every like four bars or whatever mm-hmm. it it just like becomes like oh, yeah. and then you're you're out before do
1: it's such a cool like you know? dream wave um, so this was this was around for so long um was it something that you would reference a lot together, or was it like, like, like you went back and discovered, like, oh yeah, 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 that cool part. Oh, that we had. dude, no, we we spent so much.
0: It is really hard to overstate like how much time we spent doing this, mm-hmm. and how much we like loved and believed in it, and. Just for its own sake. Not for the sake of anybody else really giving a shit. Like, we never had any, like... You know, the Lawrence Arms never had any ambitions of being famous. We never had any ambitions of playing a show. Mm -hmm. You know? We were just, like, purely making art. You know? And, uh... But there's, like... There's probably 15 different things that I could name off the top of my head that I could say to Chris or Nick, and we could... Like at least at the very least sing along to together, Mm -hmm. you know, like right now without thinking about it at all. It's like their stuff was like, uh, you know, it happened at like that, like super like developmentally feckened time in our lives where like everything that, Goes in or comes out You're going to catalog in your head Or mm. soul Because your brain is working To turn you into the person That you're going to become And so it's like working overtime To make you remember things mm. And, you know and, and, and that's This is one of the I mean, We're 14, you mm-hmm. know Like Sort of a watershed moment if, if, we, if we lived in Detroit We'd be in the
1: Misfits You know <laughs> <laughs> uh. Um dude i have i have to say that this is this is a record that really 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 grew on me getting ready to to do this and yeah i i know where you're at with it um and and i think that it's one that that people if they haven't come around to it yet it might be time to go back and give it a listen, give it a few listens.
0: Yeah, would you say it's the best record of 2021? Tim. So far. Yes. <laughs>
1: Very good answer. Impressive answer, even. Well, I had a whole week to think about it, so uh, what can I say?
0: <laughs> I think so far, is about as good as it gets. Best
1: podcast of 2020, Road to the Skeleton Coast with Brandon Kelly. Thank you all for joining us this week. We have a Patreon, com slash better sandwich. Really freaking cool place to hang out. We got... Some homies that come hang out with us. We go long form over there as well. We talked about that liquid death record recently. That was a great time.
0: I'm just... I was just like laying in bed last night being like, man, I don't really remember talking about that liquid death record. Were you on Mescaline? Lou
1: Diamond Phillips! Probably,
0: Probably, yeah.
1: So... Chavez, Chavez. One of the benefits that we offer to our patrons at patreon.com slash better sandwich is the opportunity to vote on the song or the the topic of our podcast. And next week we're going to be talking about left and leaving as decided by our patrons. And we got a poll that is up now for the week after that. Brendan, do you want to hear the four options that people have for us to talk about? I do. No effects, the decline. Great, great choice. Uh, Ladderman's, no matter where we go. Great
0: choice. Um, slightly less familiar with it, but love Ladderman. Love. Um, I I love that album. It's just like, I know the decline, like, the back of my Mm -hmm. hand. Latterman. um,
1: I celebrate the entire catalog, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I I I think that's one that we could really bring all of it in. Yeah. Uh, Shout out to Mike Campbell. Uh, Option number three, The Royal Tenenbaums. One of my favorite films, if... Uh, A gun was to my head. I would say maybe my favorite. One of mine, too. And our last option, season eight, episode six, A Mill House Divided. Ooh.
0: It's a door. Use it. (laughs) Sleep in a race car bed. (laughs) I mean, listen. Listen. I'm not trying to tell anybody how to vote, but if you, we could turn this into a Simpsons podcast so easily, and I guarantee it's better than all those other fucking nerds out there who can't even do a Kirk Van Houten, you know? So Can
1: you you lend me a jar of love? Hey, uh, Road to the Skeleton Coast, subscribe, tell a friend, patreon.com slash better sandwich. We will see you next week. Thank you, friends. Love you guys. Bye. We did it. We did it. Amazing.